0: to the darkness and then you see a figure but it's darker than the darkness. I just get this like really creepy feeling and I see this uh this like shadowy demon looking figure in the front seat
1: of the car. She used to come into my room at night and stand right by my bed and I just was petrified I remember I saw something fly by my bedroom window. We heard the bathroom door shut. So then we looked out my bedroom window down the hallway and the bathroom door was wide open.
0: So we came around the bend and we saw I shine. This thing stood up. I mean, it stood up and it had high pointed ears. It had a snout, it had a long arm. and It just, it grabbed the deer.
1: Okay, guys, I am very excited to welcome our next guest to Let's Get Freaky podcast. We've got a fantastic Andrew Smith with us today. How are you, sir? I'm great. How about yourself? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you very much for coming on the show, man. Yeah,
0: thank you for asking me. I appreciate it.
1: It's awesome to have you on. So you are the curator at the Fleetwood Monster Museum in West
0: Virginia. Yeah, well the Flatwoods Monster Museum. F- but oh, what yeah, did, What did I just say? <laughs> it's okay. All that, w- talk, all that talk before out the window.
1: <laughs> man, I, I had one job.
0: Oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it.
1: <laughs> I apologize, man. What did I say? Did I not Fleetwood. say Fleetwood?
0: Fleetwood. Oh man. Must, must have had Fleetwood Mac on the brain.
1: Man, I must have done. I apologize for that. That's f- all right. The Flatwoods monster the flatwoods i'll I'll, I'll edit that (laughs) i won't i won't I won't. (laughs) That's staying in it all stays in
0: great (laughs) how are you though sir you're good i'm great um i've got a bit of a sunburn on my neck uh from today i don't know if you're i don't know how um how much you've looked into you know sort of the the stuff around here that has to do with the flatwoods monster but um we have these uh, five flatwoods monster chairs that are spread all over our county and at this point, they're all like seven to six years old um, and in desperate need of a paint job. So I've been painting them today. That's why my fingernails are, are green and I have a burnt neck. Uh, but otherwise, I'm good. Oh, awesome, How man. about yourself? How are you doing?
1: Well, the funny thing is I've actually got burnt feet.
0: <laughs>
1: okay. So I've been on the beach. I was on the beach yesterday and it's quite hot over in the UK at the moment. And every year, I, I, obviously, I'm a ginger guy, so I have to put my suntan, my sun cream on, and yeah. um, I've, I've covered myself up, but I forgot to do my feet, so I've got burnt <laughs> feet as we speak right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. My yeah. wife, she, she's in the summer. She's always wearing, you know, flip flops, so I always have to get onto her and, and get her feet for. Her. <laughs> yeah. But I, I even packed um, sunblock, but I didn't think to put it on until um, I was about four hours in. And I knew the damage was already done, so yeah. I, I didn't want yeah. to
1: might as well just burn now, man.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <I> feel
1: <laughs> Every year I burn my feet, and I say to myself, next year you're not gonna burn your feet. Oh, I've done it already. So there <laughs> we go, there we go. <laughs> so you obviously you have got a cool job. You work in a museum with cryptids. That is awesome, man.
0: Yes, yes, it's very cool. It's very cool.
1: So I, I know. I know of uh, the Flatwood Monster. I said it right that time, right? <laughs> yeah, perfect. perfect. I know of obviously it's it's. Uh, I've seen some cool art of it. Um, yeah. You know, I know roughly the story around it. But can you explain to the the listeners that may not know what the Flatwood Monster is?
0: Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. So, um, the Flatwoods Monster was um, a creature or something um, that was seen by eyewitnesses on september 12th 1952 in the small town of flatwoods which is in braxton county the dead center of west virginia and um so the 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 witnesses um actually i'll tell you what i'll just start at the very beginning of the story and introduce the witnesses as i go so um it was a it was uh, about seven o'clock or so there were a bunch of kids uh, playing in the lawn or, or I guess at the lawn of the uh, Flatwoods elementary school in Flatwoods, West Virginia. And the way that I understand it, there was actually a bunch of kids uh, and, and this was pretty normal to have a bunch of kids just playing outside. I mean, it was the fifties. What else are they going to do? So, um, so there was a maybe, maybe in the teens or twenties of kids playing and uh, while they were out there, um, they see this bright object streak across the sky and appear to land on a nearby hilltop that was about, oh, maybe a quarter mile away, half mile away. Um, And um, so six of the boys, uh, six of the kids there um, decided they would go and check it out. And um, so there were uh, so there were six, six boys, um, the youngest being nine and the oldest being 15. I'm going to try to remember all their names now right off the top of my head. This is the kind of stuff I should have written and right in front of me. (laughs) But uh, I want to try to go from oldest to youngest. Hopefully I won't get this wrong. Um, So there's um, Neil Nunley, um, Ed May, Freddie May. They were brothers. Um, Teddy Neal and... Um, oh, shoot! The youngest is going to escape me. <laughs> I can't remember. I can't remember the youngest. I'm sorry. If you That's you man. <laughs> these, uh, these, uh, these, uh, how many did I say? Five?
1: I think there's six. I think so. Fair play, I man, because so. I, I struggle with names. So yeah, That's, uh, you done well there.
0: <laughs> well, so, anyway, so these, so all these children, um, run toward this hill where they see this object appear to land and um, on their way up the hill, um, they actually are going to be passing the two May boys uh, home. Um, So they run in and they know that their mom is home, Kathleen May. So they, they tell their mother, you know, this thing, they just saw this thing fly through the sky, Um, you, you know, come, come, come with us and check this out. So at this point, they really have no idea what it was. Uh, or what it might be even actually, I think they may have guessed that it might've been a meteor or something, but they weren't sure. So anyway, um, and they're still not sure to be quite honest with you. So, um, so she, she decided she would join them and, uh, see, she also got her cousin, um, who's Eugene lemon. Uh, he was at a neighbor's house the way that I understand it. And, uh, so this was a cousin of hers. Her maiden name was lemon. And he was evidently a, um, a army, an army national guardsman. Uh, so, so they figured, well, might, you know, probably bring him with us just in case, you know, it's, it's something, you know, that we might need to strap a strapping young man for. So the eight, eight witnesses, um, go up this hill. And at this point it's getting fairly dark. Uh, so this is in the fall, um, and uh so it's 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 not completely dark but it's fairly dark so they're walking up through these um they walk across this pasture field and then start walking through um the actual brush of the forest and um and they're walking slow because it's it's dark under the canopy of the of the trees but they notice at the top of the hill there's a pulsing red light that they assume is light coming from this object that they just saw come through the sky so kind of as they're paying attention to that, they they notice movement uh, from their left coming from the the woods. So they they turn their one flashlight that they had toward it and they see this towering, um, like 10 to 12 foot tall uh, figure. And, um, you know, that would later be described as the Flatwoods monster. Uh, but this tall, uh, you know, this tall figure that that was appeared to be floating and moving through the woods. And as they noticed it, it noticed them. So it started coming toward them. And as you can imagine, they didn't stick around long after that turned, ran back down the hill, um, incredibly scared, uh, not really knowing what it was they just saw. They just knew they just saw this tall, um, this tall creature or something, um, in the woods that appeared to be moving intelligently. So, um, They run home and uh, lock the doors, um, and immediately call um, the the local um, emergency number. Which at that that time it wouldn't have been nine one one. I don't know what the emergency number is like in the UK, but you know in America, you know, think of nine one one. But I don't think that it's
1: nine 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 in the UK. Nine nine nine.
0: Okay, okay, that's good to know in case I'm ever there. Yeah, man. (laughs) So, um, so at that time the The emergency numbers actually it rang into our local county jail, um, and uh, the person that would answer it would either be the 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 county jailer or somebody from his family. They were the people that answered the phones, and actually his daughter, who was twelve at the time, um, is the one that answered the phone call. And I actually had an opportunity to um, interview her, and I put that whole interview up on our Flatwoods Monster Museum YouTube channel, if anybody would like to check the whole thing out. It's pretty oh, long, so. and we cover a lot of stuff. And, you know, it probably covers a lot of stuff that may even be boring. But um, oh, but that's there if somebody would want to check it out. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, so she got this call, and she knew Kathleen. Uh, she knew the Mayboys. Um, so, so she, you know, she knew how hysterical she was on the phone. So as quick as she could, she got a hold of her dad, who then – uh, got a hold of the sheriff and his deputy, and they all go to the residence to check things out. So by the time they get there, um, the it was completely dark. I mean, it's pitch black at this time. Um, so they they take their their story. You know, they 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 talk to them. You know, see what they you know could could say. I don't know if they actually even did take down like an official statement, like on paper. To be honest with you, I don't even know if that's something that they did back then. Um, the only thing I do know is that 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 doesn't exist today, unfortunately. Um, so anyway, they go up on the on the hill, and they have their flashlights and and uh, they um, they don't really find anything. However, the one thing that they do notice is, and I forgot to mention this earlier, when this thing came toward them, it emitted this smell. Um, in some writings, it talks about it being like a fog, um, but in some it doesn't really talk about how much it looked, but but the, just the smell. And uh, so this bad smell filled the air that, um, that they described as being like a, like a burnt metal smell, um, which I would always equated to like welding, the smell that you smell somebody's welding. I yeah. don't know if that's exactly what it was, but it's something in that ballpark. So they could still smell that a little bit. That was still hanging in the air, uh, but otherwise, um, this mysterious figure in the woods uh, was gone, and the light at the top of the hill was gone. So, um, however, um, there, there, and I don't. This is only what I've been told. I actually haven't been able to find the actual recording of this, but surely it must have been recorded or printed somewhere um, for it to be any amount of knowledge. But. I under, The way I understand it is that a resident that lived on a, so like if this is, if this is the hill where the sighting took place, like in a valley on an adjoining hill, that there was a neighbor who said early, early the next morning, he saw something leave the hill. Wow. Again, I don't, I've never been able to confirm that, but I've been told that by several people. And evidently that used to be a thing, like it's kind of like local information yeah uh like old people in this area have told me that but like I said I've never been able to find that written uh, but anyway um what makes the so what makes the flatwoods monster story so important really is that it was one of the first if not the first um at least supposedly or possible UFO encounter or alien encounter that actually... Was able to build enough steam to get, you know, it got international coverage uh, just within, you know, a few days of the sighting taking place. So, so nothing like, like at Roswell, where, you know, the, the story was recanted a couple of days later and the, then the newspaper ran like a, a redaction. So, nothing like that happened with Flatwood. So it was able to get off the ground and really become famous. Now it was famous quick and for a short period of time. Uh, but it was kind of the first one to to make a big splash, and it was one of um, the uh, Air Force's uh, Project Blue Book investigations. It was kind of one of the first ones to really s- spearhead that those investigations to try to get to the bottom of um, you know what this this UFO phenomenon was. And there's a lot of debate whether or not um, Project Blue Book actually had any intention on getting to the bottom of things, or if it was just trying to give a good explanation that could yeah. explain it because i i think they were i think the u.s government in general was learning pretty quickly that trying to cover up stories was causing more harm than good and and whether uh, you know whether what they were covering up or not was ha- happening you know i don't know so i think that what they were trying to do is they knew that you know the at least the U S population had concerns about UFOs and they wanted to try to at least show a, an honest, good faith, um, investigation of it. And like I said, the flat was monster. I don't know if it was like, the, it probably wasn't the first thing that that project Book looked, looked into, but it was very early. Um, interesting. Yeah. I'm trying to think now. Um, so that, that's basically the main, the main story of, of the Flatwoods monster and really as far as i'm concerned um i, I don't want i don't want to necessarily say that's where flatwoods monster sto- like encounters begin to an, and end but for me it kind of is where it is but there are a couple of like surrounding stories that that whether whether by description or geography people tend to put in with the flatwoods monster um i don't know if if either one, they're valid enough to really consider, or two, um if if they actually relate enough details at all to consider them to be related. Um yeah. but fascinating. If you're interested in those, I can I can try to do my best to tell you about those as well. But but yeah, the man. September the September twelfth case is the is the primary Flatwoods monster case. Awesome, man.
1: Interesting. So how many people overall saw it that night? Um, Eight. Okay.
0: Yeah. If I'm not getting my numbers wrong, I'm, I'm almost positive eight. But, you know, since I can't really, in my mind, put a name and a face with every one of those people, I can at least say for sure seven. Okay. So two adults and the rest children. And Kathleen May was the primary. So she was 32 at the time. So she was sort of the primary witness as far as the media was concerned. And as far as like investigators at the time, she was who was talked to the most. But um, I don't know if you're familiar with them. You probably are. Um, The paranormal investigator, Ivan T. Sanderson, came into the area and uh, also interviewed um, interviewed some of the kids independently as well. Um, And this uh, he also worked closely with uh, Braxton County native who you might also um, have heard of before. Gray Barker. And Gray Barker, the Flatwoods monster was kind of the first story that he got to work with so um, personally and got to be so involved in that kind of put him on the map. So like between John Keel, um, Ivan T. Sanderson and Gray Barker, they were kind of like some of the bigger, you know, paranormal or UFO. Um, I don't know what you would have called him at the time, but, you know, strange things, investigators yeah, um, as well. So that kind of put him on the map as well interesting
1: man because anyone that's seen most of us have seen a picture of this creature it is a freaky looking thing i mean it's not it doesn't really look like anything else that's no. out there
0: yeah yeah you're absolutely right and that's one of the things that that can almost either lead, lend to the, either the validity of the story or maybe even the the invalidity of the story because you know how can something that's real have really only been encountered one time, but then in the same hand, you could say, well, if something is weird and maybe shouldn't be, you know, on earth, maybe you should have only seen it once. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, so who knows? But yeah. So if you're, if your listeners don't know the way it was described, um, i want to try to get all the actual details that I know witnesses have said, and then maybe expound on, maybe how it was represented in the media at the time. Cause I think there are some discrepancies, but um, at this point, you know, we're so far removed um, from when the sighting happened at this point, you know, you kind of just have to pick your favorite version of something and run with it. It's yeah. hard to know where the truth actually lies, but in any case, so they described it, like I said, as being between 10 and 12 feet tall. And the reason why they, guess that is because um it was when they first noticed it it was standing by this um really tall um and and big oak tree and it had a really tall trunk on it and uh, um like no limbs up to about 12 feet and that the the monster stood just under that so that's where they get the 10 to 12 feet from um it was described as having a large big round Face or like face area with this large, sort of pointed spade shape behind the head. Um, the 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 I don't know if I said this or not, but the face was described as red with two large circles on it that you could either describe as eyes or um, some witnesses, um, later on, uh, would 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 try to really clarify their statement and. And uh, like, I know Freddie in particular, he said the way that he remembers it best is it didn't look like that they were eyes, but like almost like windows where you could see something into it. It's like there was a light. Oh, wow. Um, So he didn't know if like if it was like lights on -hmm. the front or if it was just something glowing to where you could see light inside of it. Um, Interesting. It had this tall, thin body. Um, that some witnesses would describe as colorless. Um, some would describe it as green. Um, and I think both of those could come from where, you know, some investigators um, and, and and some witnesses later on would describe the body as being like metallic. So if it was shiny, I could see where you would, could describe it, depending on how you look at it, as both colorless or green, because if it's reflecting what's around you, and you're in the woods, there's a lot of green. Or if you're like looking at a mirror, you know, does a mirror have color? You know, not really. So, excuse me. Sorry about that.
2: That's okay. Um, no
0: hopefully that doesn't blow your listeners' ears. <laughs> not at all, man.
1: So, is there, is there so, a possibility that this creature could have been uh, some sort of like the actual creature could have been like a craft itself?
0: That, that's some that's that some people theorize that 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 actually um that it was something mechanical and that it was either um not necessarily piloted but like operating somehow mechanically whether remotely or with a program or something like that or that there was something inside of it you know piloting it and yeah. and I don't um i will tell you and i don't know i would have to think that everybody would have to have their preferred version of something and it maybe even almost regardless if that's true uh just because we like what we like and that sort of thing because at the end of the day even though this is a real story that really happened uh you know in in, in the the little area where i'm from uh You know, we still, if you're a fan of this stuff, you you can look at it from two ways. You can either look at it from like a, like a researcher point of view or from like a fan point of view. And I'm kind of a fan more than anything. So it's kind of like, what's your favorite version of Michael Myers? You know what I mean? So like (laughs) for it's, it's, uh, you know, like the drawing, um, like uh, actually, I don't know. You, you there's a poster back here of it, but anyway, the so like the one that was used, um, when Kathleen May, um, Kathleen May sat down with the police with a with a, sometimes people say a police sketch artist, but I actually don't think it was a police sketch artist. I think it was just an artist that worked for um, a TV network at the time, and sat down with her and used her description to draw this picture because um she appeared on a television show um around the time when the sighting took place to talk about her story and so this was really early in television so the way that i understand it is the 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 tv show was simulcast as a television show and a radio show so for the television audience so they had some sort of visual is the reason why it was drawn so but what's so i so going back to like what it looked like um that's the version i like the most yeah but it's also because I, I i will tell you it's not because necessarily i think it's the realist version i just like it i think it's yeah. cool yeah um so, um so a lot of different critics um and uh, not necessarily critics um investigators have um you know not liked that description like they i think that they think a lot a lot of the artist is in that drawing and not necessarily her, um, description. Okay. But like to be fair with is, um, I'm an artist myself. I've been an artist since I was three years old. And one thing that I could imagine could come, could have, you know, what could have ended up with the final product we have today could have also come with, you know, if you're taking, um, somebody's testimony and trying to draw something based on their testimony, if they don't fill in every single gap that you need to make an image, you have to fill it in. Yeah. So, so, you know um, you know how much of that drawing is fill in and how much of it is direct. The only thing that I know is Kathleen may on multiple occasions was willing to stand, literally stand beside this drawing and hold it up that's good enough for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, however, I will say, um, at least on two different accounts, she was interviewed by people and said that the arms that you see in this image, um, weren't accurate and that it didn't have arms. So, uh, you know, so you kind of take that, you know, with what you will. Yeah. And, and, and even when she said that, she didn't have anything to, to gain over it at the time. It was just people that was interested and wanted to talk to her. Um, so like, for example, just as a general blanket statement. So um, Kathleen, while she was alive, now she passed away in 2009. And then subsequently as she got older and then after she passed away, her son, Freddie May was interviewed. So, so between the two of them, they were interviewed the most. Um Excuse me. Um, but they were interviewed, you know, because people were interested. They they never once seeked out. I mean, they never seeked out attention in the beginning. Um, really, the reason why they got any attention at all, the way that I understand it is the man who owned the local newspaper. Happened to know Kathleen fairly, fairly well and was friends with her. As a matter of fact, Kathleen May was very well known and liked in the community. She was a she was a hairdresser. I mean, OK, everybody. I mean, she was, uh, she was, uh, and she was very active in a lot of, um, like civic stuff and like philanthropy. Um, so she was very well known and well, well liked. Yeah. Um, but anyway, she she knew the, um, the, uh, newspaper, uh, owner and the newspaper owner, I'm sure thought, well, this is a great story. <laughs> I'm going to see yeah. if I can interview. Her. And since they were friends, she didn't really have a reason not to. So, so, um, So he wrote the first story that was printed in the local newspaper. And then subsequently it was printed in a statewide newspaper. And then that story was then hit the um, AP and was printed all over the place, all over America. And then pretty soon um, translated into many different languages and printed all over the country. Wow. Uh, I'm sorry. All over the world. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So all the, uh, any of the the children that saw this creature are they still alive or is it is it there...
0: yeah so um the two may boys um they I say may boys Freddie just turned I think believe Freddie is eighty two and his brother would be eighty four um but they both still live in West Virginia um they're both uh I know I mean Freddie has had his health issues but he's he's still with us I, I will say though, sadly, um, his wife um, just passed away uh, like a week ago. Oh, I'm sorry uh, to hear that, man. Y- yeah, I am too. I, we they they were actually our neighbors. Uh, oh wow. For, um, but yeah, it was it was very sad news for us. But I'd be remiss if I didn't if I didn't mention her. She uh, yeah. I'll I'll mention her by name too. She she went by Piddle, that was her nickname. That's what everybody knew her by. But she was a great lady. Um but, but anyway, so, so yes, if they were still alive. So Freddie and Ed are still alive, um, I don't know about anybody else though, because um everybody else has moved, you know, pr- pretty pretty soon after they you know, reached adulthood, most of them moved out of the area. Um, so it's you know, at least nobody that I've ever known has kept up with them. So, like, for example, I, I know a gentleman really well named um, John Gibson. He would have to be 80, you know, 85 or so. He just had a birthday the other day, according to Facebook. <laughs> so, <laughs> Happy uh, birthday, man, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I it. I'll, I'll send him. Yeah. John went <laughs> to school with, um, with one of the witnesses, Neil Nunley. And uh, and they were like best friends. And but he he wasn't able to keep up like he doesn't know where Neil is today or anything like that. Um, but actually, John Gibson is probably one of the reasons why the Flatwoods Monster story is, is still sort of known today, because, like I said, he knew Neil really well. So Neil. Told him everything that happened, like literally like the next day at school um, to the point where he took John. Um, You know, up into the woods, you know, pointed, you know, like, oh, you know, over there, over here, told him the story. And um, and then John has subsequently told that story innumerable times, you know, and he's been a constant in this area. He's lived in this area his entire life. Um, And he's told me, you know, everything that I know comes from him. And I was actually um, actually. Actually, I was just going to say something that may incriminate myself, so I'm not going to. <laughs> so, never mind. Yeah, just, okay. I'll yeah, no, we better, <laughs> we better not. <laughs> yeah,
1: we don't need any lawsuits. <laughs> no. You can tell me after we record, after we finish recording, if you don't mind. Okay. No,
0: no, not at all.
1: <laughs> like, need to know. <laughs> okay. So you, you, you know, obviously you know these guys quite well. That's 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 cool, man.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've known Freddie now, oh, I'd say at least seven years or so. And like I said, him and his wife were our neighbors for a while. Um, and we would talk about the Flatwoods Monster every so often. Um, not a lot, because, you know, this is something that happened to him a long time ago. And really, in the grand scheme of things, it was one day you know, out of his whole long life. Yeah. Um. So, and there's probably a part of him that was sick of talking about it.
1: Yeah. What's he gonna Um, say to you? Is he? Is he? Is he sick of it? Or? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I also think I think that he does appreciate the fact that if it weren't for this really traumatic thing that him and his family went through, um. You know, he he knows that. I think he feels like it was worth it because now the place where he's from that he loves has was like put on the map and so like it's because of him and it's because of his his family um so i think he's really proud of that um aspect of it uh but like i said i think he couldn't care less to talk about it but he would probably love that i'm talking about it with you Um, and another thing that he always liked too is um so as a part of my my job here and running the flatwoods monster museum is uh, you know i told you i've been an artist my whole life um one of the, my favorite things to do is uh, design new uh flatwoods monster souvenirs and stuff so you know we sell t-shirts and stuff like that and uh pretty much anytime i get anything new in um it was always been my habit to take him one you know at least take him one and he he always loved that like like if a new shirt came out or something and he got one, here's the funny thing though. <laughs> I don't think he ever wore one shirt that I brought him. Like oh, he's he, he, such a cool, like I think he was afraid he would mess it up. Like I've literally been over to his house and seen like a shirt folded up laying that I gave him like, like two years prior <laughs> and setting like he's got it setting on a shelf. Yeah. Um. So, uh. so I think, I think he's proud of it in that regard, but like any, any given day, he was always much more interested in, you know, talking about like our lawns or our pets or the weather or, um, you know, like uh, him and his wife really loved my, my daughter. Um, She would go over there all the time. So we talk about Maddie a lot. Um, You know, that's what he would rather, you know, talk about yeah um but uh but yeah so um so yeah so i know so i know i know him pretty pretty well but that's, that's so it cool to, man yeah that's my only that's my only connection i never got to meet kathleen may and i always feel bad you know i feel regret because uh you know she lived to be she lived to be in her 90s and she passed away i believe in 2009 and uh you know i could have met her but i, I never did
1: yeah that's cool though that you've you've met Freddie and you've got that great connection with him. And yep. you know, obviously you you know him, so you know the obviously the story that happened. Um, but that validation you must have because you know him, you talk about it all the time, and that's really cool, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's one thing I'll say is, you know, in the time that I've known him, you know, he if he wanted to, you know, he would have had any opportunity ever. And he he would know that I would have kept it in confidence. At any point, he could have told me, like hey Andrew, I gotta tell you something. We made this whole thing up, <laughs> you know. And he never he never has. Yeah. Um, so uh, so you know that that to me speaks speaks a lot of volumes as well.
1: Yeah, man. When when the when the image came out that we all know um, of the monster, yeah. How, how quickly did the did the drawings come out? Was it was it on that TV show that they was on when it first came out, or was it yeah, that was yeah in the paper?
0: So, right, yeah. So I don't know the exact timeline on that, but it was pretty quick. Uh, I mean, not as quick as it would be today, um, but you know, it was pretty quick. Um, it was printed in, it was in the printed in the paper, um, pretty quickly. Like I said, and pretty much it accompanied the picture of Kathleen May holding it. accompanied pretty much every reprinting of that article um so so pretty much the that that drawing is almost synonymous with the story because it got shared like it got shared at the same time as the information i'll tell you something really interesting that i learned within the last couple years is i don't know if you're aware or not but but evidently the flatwoods monster is really big in Japan. Okay. Uh, but I learned why just a couple years back. So, um, I think it was during our first year while we were open or the second. So it was either 2018 or 2019. A lady came to visit who was originally from Japan, but had lived in America, I believe at the time for like 15 years. And, um, she came to visit. So uh, we got to talking and, um, and uh, so in, in Japan she was into, and I, I can't remember the exact words that she used, but basically like she was into like nerd Japanese culture. So um, so the Flatwoods monster, she said was always really prevalent. She said, but she had, she knew the image of the Flatwoods monster but did not know the story. She said she didn't even know that it it came from a real account until she found our information and started looking into it. Um, so probably from our website. Um, so. Uh, so anyway, what had happened was. I, I think I got the year right, but sometime. In the fifty, I want to say nineteen fifty nine, but I know whatever it was, it was in the fifties. <clears throat> there was a, a UFO book that was published in Japan that was pretty popular, and in that um, book, I wish that I had a version in front of me that I could show you. But if you if you if people Google the Flatwoods Monster and find a, an old picture. Of what looks like the drawing of the flatwoods monster, but superimposed into the into like a picture of the woods. That was made by um, Gray Barker, um, not to try to dupe anybody, but to try to illustrate what the flatwood monster would have looked like within the context of the woods, essentially. Well, this was printed in Japan in a book, and I don't know if there was like a, a, a loss in translation or something. But evidently, men, most of the readers of that book took that photo at face value and and thought that what they were seeing was a picture of an alien. So not like a depiction, because it's actually for the time it's it's pretty good. It's a it's a pretty good photo.
2: Yeah. And it's
0: like just it's just grainy enough and low quality enough that you could think, well, if you sharpen that up, that's real. So anyway, um, so that so it made a huge impact. Because the readers of this book thought, "Holy crap! This is a picture of an alien." <laughs> so anyway, it made such a big impact and ingrained it itself into so many people there that that the 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 look of it, like the art of it, um, became used and popular and adapted in in like a bunch of different ways, you know, in books and in uh, comics and cartoons and toys, stuff like that. Like in Japan, you can find. Um like um like you know, like those um shoot, I don't even know what you like those they're not vending machines, but like you know, those like you put a couple coins in, you turn it, and a little toy pops out in a little egg, right? Yeah. You can buy little miniature flatwoods monsters in machines like that in Japan. Wow. And like in like in in relation to nothing, like that's just how much they just love the way that it looks yeah so um so I've, I've always found that incredibly fascinating that somehow like the design of the flatwoods monster has overshadowed the story of the flatwoods monster in japan to the point where now this might have changed in recent years but they would always refer to the flatwoods monster in japan as three meter tall alien really
1: yeah, that's interesting, man.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I think so too. But yeah. that's that stuff. Um. And I'll be honest with you too. You know, when you've when this has been your job for five years, you know the the, the overall like the story that I told you at the beginning of this episode. It's interest. I mean, that's an it's still very much an interesting story to me, and it and it still captivates my imagination. But you know, at a certain time or at a certain point, you know, you can only sort of hear the same story and have it make an impact. What's funny is I, I noticed that it makes an impact when I tell somebody for the first time, like I did you. And then that sort of brings it back to me. How for amazing. lack of a better, like value. Yes. Amazing. The story is because it can get a little humdrum. You know what I mean? Um, but I really get into the sort of the weird little minutia of, the story and especially culturally like the cultural impact and um, stuff like that. So uh, that's what really gets my gears turning. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that it, it you, the, the importance and the the impact of the story itself really can't be overstated. I mean, it, it is amazing. And to the point where it made a really big effect on, on the area, you know, like uh, I've been told that like by the next day, like for instance, My, um, my wife's grandmother, she's lived in this area her whole life. And I believe when that took place, I think she told me she was 13 or 14. She was up on that property the next day. Oh, wow. Along with the way she describes it as like half of Braxton County. Wow. Like that's how quick story spread and people wanted to go check. And it may have been mostly kids because she would have been a kid at the time. But yeah, she was up there and, uh, and she doesn't even think anything of it, which blows my mind. Um, but so she's in her eighties now. Um, but then. Um, shoot, I was going to go somewhere else with that. Oh, but the but the Mays themselves, the May family, um, Freddie told me this is something I never knew until Freddie told me. Um, he said, uh, you know, for like the next month after that sighting took place, if it was dark out, his family was not outside. Yeah, they were in. Because because they were they were genuinely worried that whatever it was they saw was going to come back, you know. So even though they didn't know what it was, even though they didn't know where it came from, they were genuinely petrified. <clears throat> and these were people that spent. Like, especially the kids spent all their time in the woods, you know, playing, uh, you know, playing hide and go seek, you know, hunting, uh, you know, from a pretty young age and kind of by themselves yeah and for it to have that impact i mean they they just said they were they were just petrified if it was if it was like basically five o'clock everybody's coming inside and we're locking the door and you know we're not yeah. going outside yeah
1: but that shows you how terrifying it must have been to experience yeah. that
0: yeah mm-hmm. wow man
1: and that's so cool that it's, it's brought the whole town together as well obviously everyone went out the next day And it must have been such an exciting time, but obviously because I haven't got the knowledge we've got now, but
0: yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and what was funny though, is this is something that now I don't know when this would have started, but talking to people in the area, like over the last 20 years or so, um, everybody in the, in the area either falls into one or two camps and that's either, Whatever they said they saw, they saw it um, to the point where, you know, the lady I, was, I told you about that was young that answered that phone call in that interview. Um, I asked her, I said, I said, what do you think it was that they saw? And almost everybody gives the same. Non-committal answer, the same one that I give. <laughs> and uh, but she said, I said, what do you think that it was that they saw? And she said, an alien. And I was like, kind of taken aback. I said, "Really? Why do you think that?" And he said, "Because the way they described it, I don't. What else could it be?" And she said, "She said, and I saw my dad when he came home that night. Said he, he said it, She said it made an impact on him. Yeah. And I said he was a grown man. She said that I thought was the biggest, strongest man in the world. He was the guy that was in charge of a jail." And he was scared. So she was like, you know, if my dad comes back from this scared, they saw something and it was worth being afraid of. So, yeah. you know, that that's impactful for me too. Yeah, man.
1: And it's so interesting that someone saw it or saw something possibly fly off. Because I've not heard yeah. that. That's really cool as well.
0: Yeah. But like I said, I have no idea if that's ever even been printed anywhere. I've just always heard it. Um, you know, because when you grow up in an area that has a local legend, you just hear things. And and all honesty, maybe I should even take that with a grain of salt. Um, but uh, that is something that I've been told.
1: Is there any other little um, uh, talking points that you, you might only know if you're from the area that you can share or that might not be as, as known?
0: Right. Um you know what? Off the top of my head, there's nothing else like that I can think of. But I'll tell you what's actually kind of interesting, but it's in the opposite direction. So the folks that have lived here, but like maybe didn't grow up during that time, uh, but maybe were born like <clears throat> like maybe they were babies at the time. So they didn't actually live it or they were born later. Um there there seems to be a lot you hear a lot of stuff um i don't know if folks genuinely believe it but you'll hear things um that i don't know where they're getting it from but you'll you'll basically if like if someone lives in the area and they know about the flatwoods monster but they've not cared enough to ever look into it themselves at all which probably a lot of people i mean it's probably a lot of people that live here that they fall into that camp um so whatever they know about it is what somebody told them and the likelihood that whatever they told them was not true um or or was only partial like the thing that you that i've heard especially growing up that i heard a lot was like oh you know those those people they must have been drinking moonshine to see that but what's funny is like in hindsight that tells me like that they don't even realize we're talking about genuinely, genuine kids. Like, like, you know, you know, nine, 11, 13. I mean, maybe the 15 year old, maybe, Uh, but you know, otherwise, and then they're also not getting their mom. (laughs) They're not getting their mom involved No, if you drink. So, um, so that's actually something that I've always found kind of surprising is that until my organization kind of started making a bigger deal about the Flatwoods monster there, the, the, local interest had, had been really um, passive and actually like not that involved. Like it's been not um, the, the interest, you know, the main interest has always come from outside the area, you know, from folks like you, you know, either in other States or other countries. Um, That's where the main, interest come the local interest is was not incredibly high i think like i said until we started doing uh you know we, my organization really started leaning hard into the flatwoods monster as a topic of interest probably in like 2014 um because um this is something that i was kind of telling you about before we started recording um you know i i work for the braxton county convention of visitors bureau um so what that entails is basically it's an organization whose uh you know purpose it is is to try to you know in some way or another you know positively affect tourism yeah um, in in the area so um so what i would see when at the old location of of my office is actually wouldn't get a whole lot of visitors who would come in but when i did it was people that were interested in the flatwoods monster And they were like, you know, what can we do that has to do with the Flatwoods Monster? So I would come to my board meetings and be like, I'm getting a lot of interest in the Flatwoods Monster. Maybe we should try to, um, you know, lean into that a little harder because obviously, you know, people are really interested. And, you know, I think people would would respond well. I think people would like it. And luckily, I had a a good board of directors that sort of were like, okay, you know, whatever you think. And um, so the more we did, the more interest there was and the more people so, so getting all the way back around to what I was just talking about with locals is the more people that come from outside the area into the our local area because of their interest in the flatwoods monster the more that locals now see it as a as a thing that they can be proud of yeah you know as a thing that they can see as a positive and to where now the the, the actual local interest has increased as a result of visitor interest which is weird you would think it would be the other way around um but it's not really other than a couple very dedicated um like locals who are interested in the story and interested in keeping it alive that was pretty much it there really wasn't local interest
1: yeah man yeah well you guys are doing a good job because i know over here and, and, and all over the world, obviously, there is a lot of interest because it is it is a cryptid that comes up a lot when, when yeah. you see, when you when you look at the scale of all the cryptids, that's one of the main ones. It definitely yeah. is because you see it a lot. So you're doing a good job, man.
0: <laughs> oh, well, well, thank you. Well, and what, I, what I'd like to say too is, you know, I realize that I, you know, I work for an organization whose job it is is to bring tourists. So I think it could be real easy for someone to say, like, well, yeah, you're blowing this up because you want people to come there. But in all actuality and, and genuinely, um, the Flatwoods Monster does all the heavy lifting for us. We just have to like tell people like, hey, did you guys know there's a Flatwoods monster? And then they're like, What? <laughs> you know. So, like, for instance, my organization, we we print like several printed pieces that promote the area. So, like, and we distribute them and things like that. Without without fail all the time the piece that we run out of is the flatwoods monster piece and literally it's just actually i can show it to you i mean it's this that's cool man so so it says flatwoods monster with a picture of it yeah this that's all you need like i like like we didn't make this up to trick people we pulled this from the past you know like that's a thing that existed we just decided to talk about it and, you know, it works and brings people into the area. So, you know, why yeah, not? Man. Why not use it if you're especially, you know, if somebody lives in an area where, you know, you know, maybe they could use the economic impact. You know, I, so far, I've not seen it down a downside. Like I said, the the, the, the one witness that I know, Freddie, um, he is always sort of, you know, he's always been proud. Um, he's vis- he's only visited here once. Like I said, he seemed proud um, and we we make new. The part that I thought he would actually not like the most is like making merchant stuff because like I said, I approach this more as a fan. So like, I don't take a lot of things real seriously. Um, And I I know that that you do. And like a lot of your, um, a lot of the people you've had on your show. I mean, I I listened to a few podcasts where I came on and you, you have people that are really, dedicating their their lives to this sort of stuff and and almost sort of betting you know they're kind of betting the house on it um which I respect I mean I respect that um I respect the heck out of that but if I'm being honest I'm not in that camp um but I will say I mean I enjoy this stuff but yeah. like I said it's it's kind of from the same from the same point of view as people that like horror movies I mean that's where I fall yeah. into but I've been into this stuff. I mean, ever since I was a kid, um, and uh, actually before I even knew that there was a Flatwoods Monster. Uh, like for instance, my my favorite cryptid growing up was always uh, air rods. I okay. don't know if you're here with them. What is that?
1: Uh, I must have seen it,
0: but I'm not sure. You, you probably have. Uh, I will say, I'm. I'm. It's disappointing to me that uh, you know how like they they've always had all these TV shows you know, about the the strange and the mysterious, you know, for decades now. And I watched those religiously growing up. Yeah. uh, There was one in particular that I really liked that was Monster Quest. Yeah. The freaking Air Rods episode is the only one where they actually successfully debunked it. No, (laughs) no, man. (laughs) I was so disappointed. So if you look into it, some people just call them Rods. I think also some people might call them skyfish, or that could be two different. I might be mixing things up, but in any case, an rod was a thing that really only started being seen in the nineties. But it was it wasn't seen in person. It was seen when people would be like recording, um, okay, like with I think mostly like VHS recorders, like handheld recorders when they're like recording outside and they see them after the fact. So what it is, is you'll see like, say if the, if the, if the screen that you can see me on is the, is the, you know, screen, right. You'll see a thing like start, come through one side of the frame and go out the other. And it'll look like a long thin, like a line or a rod. Yeah. With these like undulating, um you know, things. It almost looks like a, like it has wings that come down its whole body. Okay. And in the, in the, in they're usually only are in the, uh, you know, they're usually only in the frame, you know, a fraction of a second they are they're in there really. So you have to like slow them down to really see them. Um, so there were these things that they assume they're like, shoot, there are just these things that are flying around us all the time that are moving so fast. We don't see them. So like, I was hooked. I was hooked by air rods. Like when I was like 10, I was hooked. <clears throat> so anyway, this are show they, comes do on. they
1: light up are they lit up or
0: well here's what's funny some of them maybe so because the phenomenon that they blame it on is whenever people are recording um i think specifically on this on like vhs magnetic tape that that um in order to keep the footage smooth that the frames like interlace like rather than being a, like a picture, a picture, a picture, it's it's like this. Um, so okay. what they, what they think happened, and they were able to um, to reproduce the results. Um, so that's what tells me it's pretty well debunked. <clears throat> is um, what they were capturing was like things like bugs or birds, <clears throat> and that rather than seeing like one bird, like in one point, you actually see it like like this. And then it blurs, it blurs together,
1: and it creates the line.
0: Yes, so so Ah. like the body or the bird creates the line, and its wings create the undulation. Um, So that, like like I'm I'm dead serious. Whenever I was a kid, rods were my thing, and I would talk about them to everybody, and nobody ever knew what I was talking about. And I was like, (laughs) they were one. Um, I think I think the first time I heard about them was on unsolved
1: mysteries okay
0: unsolved mysteries so and then in that show they were real (laughs) i mean they were real so so then when they did this monster quest episode but like that's the only place they were that i ever saw but i loved them it made a huge impact on me i had to talk about them to everybody and nobody knew what i was talking about and i didn't know the word cryptid at the time um i was like they're like long bugs they're crazy looking so anyway um that show came on and, and what they did was they set up two cameras side by side and they're pointing them at this bush at night. So these bright lights pointing at this bush, and these two cameras. One was like a really high-quality HD slow-motion camera, and one was like a 90s-era handicam. And they're both shooting and recording at the same time. Then a guy goes out and shakes a shakes the bush. And then all of a sudden in the slow-mo, you see these moths and stuff flying around. And they're clearly moths in the high-definition picture. And over here on the one, you see rods all over the place. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. I I was so disappointed. Like immediately, like come down and tell my mom, like these shows never prove anything. They never (laughs) prove anything. And they have to prove. The one you love the most. The one thing I love the most. Oh man. That's
1: probably why I've never heard of the rods, because I've
0: they've <laughs> proved it. Yeah. Oh. It's cool though, and it's interesting. And there are some people who still say that no, that's not that's not an adequate enough, you know. Yeah. So they're and that there are rods. Yeah. And maybe there are, but um Yeah, they could have know. just
1: they could have just created something that looked like the rods, but the rods could still be out there, man.
0: Sure, sure. I'll give i give up I, on them. compelling it was very compelling but uh uh but yeah that's so the the rod but like so like i said so i've i've been into this sort of stuff for a long time and a funny thing about learning so how i learned about the flatwoods monster was so i moved so i'm just from like like literally an hour's drive away from here you know i'm i'm not from very far away um but, but this was but I moved to this area when I was in the sixth grade and I graduated from high school in 2003. So, um, so let's say sometime sometime in the nineties is when I moved here. So not um, so like before everybody had the internet basically. Um, And uh, but I'd never heard of the Flatwoods monster till I moved here. And then, in like sixth grade, um, you know, as you would meet people, you know, meet new, meet new friends and that sort of thing. I would talk to people and on several occasions, like literally my sixth grade year, kids that I went to school with would say out loud flatwoods monster. And I would, I would like, I was so puzzled. Like, what are you talking about? So like I would stop and they would tell me, I mean, they would tell me roughly like, Oh, a long time ago, you know, people saw a monster it's called the Flatwoods monster. But then they would just move on. Like, like it was no big deal because they've lived with it their whole life. Yeah. So to them, anything, but I just remember being so struck with how, um, like how pedestrian these kids thought of this monster that took place like miles from where they live. Um, and that like they didn't hardly think anything of it but it was just it's just so ingrained so it's so ingrained in the fabric of the local consciousness yet yet it it hasn't made an impact on an individual level for most people to actually make them look into it or like read read anything about it It's, it's probably like that thing where like maybe they heard it young enough that they just took it for granted, yeah. kind of like those things. If you if you learned a song when you were a kid and you got all the lyrics wrong, but then as adult you still sing it wrong, even though you can look it up and you know, like you're saying nonsense words. Yeah. But but since that's how you learned it, that's what the song is. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Makes, <laughs> I mean, I don't really know, um, but but uh, but that struck me like in sixth grade, and I just thought it was so. And what was funny is. I I guess I must have been in the same boat because so I learned about it whenever I was in sixth grade. I probably didn't have a really good handle on the Flatwoods monster story till maybe seven years ago. Okay. So like, so like when I was in my late twenties or 30 is when I learned really what the Flatwoods monster was. And and what the story in the in the people, like the people behind it. Um, so you know, so like I said, when I said I could have met Kathleen May, I could have, but like I didn't know her name till after she had passed away. Okay. So yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, you definitely uh you know your stuff, man. It's super interesting stuff.
0: I'm I'm glad you like it.
1: So the spot, the spot where this took place, yeah, is there, is there, uh, is there signs there that sort of say this is where it happened, or is there anything like that?
0: No, I really wish that there were, at least to a certain degree. I yeah. will say that um, that the site where it took place—I mean, at the time when it happened, um, it was on private property, um, but of course, at that time, it kind of wouldn't have been a big deal. Because uh, everybody, you know, everybody would have known everybody. It was a tiny community, um, but, but, um, but it's and still the the site where it took place um, is private property. Um, unfortunately, the folks that own it uh, don't, you know, they have no interest in the Flatwoods Monster. They they don't oh, care man. about the Flatwoods Monster at all, um, and and they will run off anybody who dares to, to go really and what's bad is um you know the knowledge as to where it took place is very easy to find. I mean as a matter of fact we we kind of try to go out of our way to to not um bring it up in particular unless like in the very next breath we are also saying this is private property we are not encouraging you to go trespass. Okay. Um even point where the road, the road that leads up to the property is privately owned and maintained. So it's not a public road. Um, so, so the unfortunate thing is, um, it's completely off limits. Um, and, uh, I would, I would, I hope that in the future that can change. Um, I've been trying to work with, um, a property owner that they're not sure. And I haven't been able to go out in person and, and help them to verify but there there is somebody that i know um who owns property that they that they believe is adjacent to the property where the sighting took place okay. and that they think that from their property you can see where it took place so they they have shown interest in you know possibly developing something that is publicly accessible um but it's literally not gotten any further than just talking about the possibility of it. Um, so I don't have any sort of end date in mind for that to be a project that's, you know, that people can come check out. But yeah. I do hope for that in the future.
1: Yeah, man. God, man. If I if I had that house, I'd let everyone come in and see it, and I'd have a big statue of it in there. You know.
0: Yeah. Oh. Well, think the thing that I've always thought that I would do if I had the property is try to figure out a way to make some sort of publicly accessible path. Like, let's say you don't want them all over your property. That's fine. They're only really interested in like where the witnesses were standing, which is pretty pretty small is try to figure out a way to make some sort of path. That's like, this is publicly accessible, you know, going outside of this Path or jumping this fence or whatever is would be considered trespassing, but like come and go as you please. And then at the bottom, I would have a lockbox where people could make donations. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for and then sure. I, I would rake in money that I did not have to work for. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, because they could, but, they could, you could have, you could have, you could have events there and all sorts, couldn't you? Really?
0: Yeah, but yeah, unfortunately, that's that's where it stands now. So.
1: Okay. So you've yeah. never actually been to the the location that it took place.
0: Um or
1: can you not say
0: I, maybe <laughs> I, I plead the fifth as my the testimony may tend yeah. to incriminate. Enough said. Enough said.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you, you said obviously that it only happened the one night. Right. But has there ever been any other reports of anything similar that looks similar to to the creature? Or yeah. has anyone ever seen anything else uh, separate to that night in the same place? Has there been any right. other accounts anywhere?
0: Okay. So I, I know of, of three, um, two are fairly well or You can look them up pretty easily. One was one that was just holding to me personally by the lady who said she witnessed it. Um, our encounter was very brief and like an idiot. I didn't think to like ask her her name or her phone number to try to follow up. Um, but there's but there's three. So I'll start with sort of the most notable and sort of go to the least notable, which is the one that the lady told me. And I'll be honest, I don't know that I've ever told it anywhere. Oh, else. Wow,
1: I've got an exclusive here.
0: <laughs> you might have an exclusive <laughs> yes. unless I um, my my brain is not what it used to be. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll be it never was great. No I'm, I'm with you, brother. Don't worry about <laughs>
1: it.
0: <But> anyway, <laughs> um, so um, so the, the 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 one that's sort of the most notable, other than the September 12th sighting, this sighting supposedly happened on September 13th, the very next night, and supposedly took place roughly um, like 10 to 20 miles away, um, but one of the things that for me puts a strike against it is it wasn't reported in public knowledge until um 3 years later it was only ever published one time and it was in a magazine that i would say the majority of the stories in them like the majority of the stories in them are fiction and then they also tell a lot of fantastic stories that are supposedly supposed to be real that in all like, in all likelihood, they're not real either. <laughs> you know, they're just meant to really entertain people that read them. Yeah. Uh, but it is kind of weird though, that they get, a, they get a lot of stuff right. So the person that would have, if it was made up, they would have had to do a, a fair amount of research, especially for the 1950s. You know, they would have had to read some articles and, you know, know some things. Um, or maybe just a good writer. I don't know. Um, so um, then this is the story of George and Edith Snitowski. Um Their story goes that they were um, traveling um, from Cleveland, Ohio to um, New York City. Um, according to their story, they were visiting friends or family in Ohio and were traveling back. I will say the first time that I ever heard that, I thought, surely their route should never take them anywhere close to here. But the funny thing is, I put it into Google Earth <clears throat> or Google Maps, and I just put in, um, shoot, what what I say, Cincinnati, Ohio? Yeah, I put in Cincinnati, Ohio, in New York City, the most direct route that is not an interstate, because this would have been pre interstate. Um, It actually takes you if you're the most direct route, it takes you through West Virginia, like literally 50 miles north. So it's it's plausible. It's plausible that they could do this area. But that being said, I still don't believe them. (laughs) So anyway, so the story goes that they were they were driving and they were driving route four, which is the road um, and. They were driving route Four between, they said, the city of Clay and the city of Sutton. Uh, now, that's another problem, because if you're looking at a map, you might see Clay and you might see Sutton and probably nothing else. Um, so therefore, that in, on a map, it'll look small. But in reality, that's a that's a gap of like. At least 40 miles. So that's not precise. That is not a precise window,
2: yeah.
0: And they and and they they describe the the area they're driving through, and they describe it as wooded, which it is. But the problem too is route four. If you would ever to drive route four, um, the whole way going the direction they were going, you would have the Elk River to your right, and basically just a s- like straight hill, like straight uphill to your left. So yeah, it's wooded. But if you're driving and you look out to your left, you're not going to see woods. You're going to see like a hill that goes straight up like you're going to have road side of the road hill. (laughs) And that's it. So um, so that's another strike. So at no point in the description do they talk about all the hills and at no point do they talk about this river that they would have been driving beside for at least. total at least three hours they were driving beside this river. Yeah. So they didn't, that's pretty weird. So anyway, they describe um, driving in this window, you know, and having experiencing their, their car shut off. So they, they pull off the road and while George gets out to, um, check on the car, um, he notices, um, I believe it was that he notices um, a light in the woods. So he walks toward the woods. And as he walks toward the woods, he noticed this figure sort of coming from the light. And uh, if you were to Google Frametown monster, or I mean, or maybe Flatwoods monster, but Frametown monster is even more specific. There's an illustration that was done based off his testimony. And that is labeled Frametown monster because okay. the illustri- the illustrator thought it was in Frametown, which is a small community in that section. So anyway, um, so he sees this thing and he like starts walking toward it. Why you were, would, who knows? But he said as he gets closer to this light, he felt like he was being like he was felt tingly. I think he said like almost like he felt electricity, not like being electrocuted Yeah, but felt electricity. And at some point he, he felt um, nauseous, like he was going to be sick. So came back to the car. And as he comes back to the car, he's kind of like choking and coughing. Well, his wife sees from behind him, sees this figure come toward him. So she screams. So she, he runs in the car, Grabs her, lays down in the back of the car, covers up to like try to protect her. Well, after a little while, he looks up and and um, that he doesn't see the whatever this he doesn't see it anymore. So they get back in their seats, try to start the car up It starts. They drive away. So if you ask me, this story reads like some uh, fantasy writer read about the flatwoods monster and then was like, Ooh, I can take this and really juice that up (laughs) and make it crazy. (laughs) So, so, um, I think that's what happened. I mean, I I think that's what, I mean, personally, that's what I think the story, I don't think it's real. However, it's interesting. I mean, it is interesting and the guy was never interviewed again. Um, and another mark against them personally, and maybe this is, um, uh, uh, maybe this is a bias, but you know what Kathleen may and Freddie may have going for them is they saw this thing in the area where they live, where they have people that can vouch for them, people that know them. Uh, where this guy, you know, he was a traveler, so as far as anybody knows, this guy wasn't ever here, you know, and then on top of that, even if he was, nobody can vouch for him, I mean, yeah. nobody knows who he is. Um, so so I think there's a little bit, you know, that in it too. And he also says that he, he drove into town into Sutton and stopped at an all-night diner. And I am almost positive there was not an all-night diner in Sutton. Okay. Like, at that, like the closest thing would literally be, um, you know, my, my wife's grandma that I was telling you about. Um, her husband owned a diner. Uh, But I don't think it was all night. Um, And I really don't even know if it'll have been operational at the time. But like, so I don't even think that existed. Um, So like, there's just so many holes in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, However, the cool thing is, this was published in, actually, let me grab something. (laughs) Oh, sorry for the dead air. No worries, man. So this was a, this was published in a, in a, uh, magazine called Male Magazine M-A-L-E um, and it was published in um, July of 1955 I have had a saved search on eBay for probably five years for this magazine and like three weeks ago I got it oh wow <laughs> so this is nice, it man.
1: that's in good I condition did-
0: yeah, I didn't even know what to cut. Yeah, it cost 50 bucks too. <laughs> Ooh, but wow. I don't know. I've never even seen the cover. So if anybody really has to have a rare piece of Flatwoods Monster merch, this is it. That uh, is and I cold, looked, up, man, the story is in here. I, I looked it up and, and, and found it and read it. Wow. Um, but it on the outside, you know, there's a cowboy smoking. Yeah. You know, so some of the That's other. That's awesome. Yeah. So some of the other stories include like Madams of the Old West. Um, I lay my life on the line. Uh, you know, it's, it's an action. It's an action for for young men.
1: That is cool, man.
0: I mean, so is it a real story? Who knows? But it's cool. I mean, it's nothing else. It's cool that publication. So anyway, uh, now let me tell you, uh, let me tell you the one thing that makes me think, uh, that this might be true. So, um, there's a, there's a lady that I go to church with. She told me once a years ago, she was like, she was like, you know, my brother, right? And I said, no. And she said, he saw the Flatwoods monster. And I said, no, no, I know the people who saw the Flatwoods monster. You know, none of them have your, like your last name, like, like you're not relatives with those. So she started telling me about it and I thought, Oh, this is new. This yeah. is a new story. I've never heard it. So she gave me his phone number and I called him and I interviewed him and I have that recorded. But wow. I'm not allowed to re- I'm not allowed to release it. He he doesn't want it released. I'm he said I'm allowed to tell his story, but I'm not allowed to tell his name. Okay. But um he so he told me that Um, whenever, so, so Frank, there's an, there's a paranormal investigator named Frank Ficino. He, he wrote what most people think of as like the book to read on the Flatwoods monster. And the main reason for that is it's because it's like this thick. I mean, it's a, it's a thick book. It's, and it's, it's, it's very exhaustive. It's very exhaustive research that he did. Um, the one thing personally that I'll say about it is, um, he, he tells a lot in the book that that is factually true, but like in, in my mind anyway, I don't want to discourage him or anything like that or disparage him, but may or may not actually be connected with what happened with the Flatwoods monster, but he really creates a compelling story that's that's really big and that touches a lot of things. So anyway, so this gentleman got his book when it first came out, like in the year 2000. And um, cause he just wanted to read it. Cause it had to do with where he's from. He had no other interest in that. <clears throat> well, he's reading this book and he gets to the illustration that Frank did that, that he dubbed as the Frametown monster. He said, he said, Andrew, I got to that illustration looked at it and like was overcome with terror. He said, I I dropped the book on the ground. And he said it was because he saw that and he said, I've seen that before. Wow. Like I've seen, seen the thing in this illustration. I've seen it before. So he starts thinking about it and thinking about it. And then finally, this this memory comes to him that he has forgotten. And this is his memory that he remembered. And he said, he said. He says, as far as I know, I'm remembering it right. But he said, I don't know. It's like, I, I, you know, I could be making it up and not realizing it. He said, but this is what I think happened. <clears throat> he said, and and for it to happen in 1952, he said, I would have had to be three years old. He said, so take that for what it's worth. He said, he said, it was one night. He said, I woke up and it was in the middle of the night and I, I, um, and I couldn't get right back to sleep, he said. And I got scared, so I, I, um, or no, 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 he wasn't scared yet. So uh, let me, let me, let me retrace that. So he got up, and instead of like just going back to sleep, he, he, he got up out of bed, and like he, he knew that he noticed that like everybody else was asleep, everybody's doors were shut to all their rooms, and he goes over to his bedroom window and looks out, and he said he sees that monster going across their lawn. He said it looked just like the illustration. He said it looked like this lizard-looking thing inside of this metal. It, it basically it looks like it looks like a lizard person in like this metal skirt that's floating.
2: Wow. He said he sees
0: that. That he saw that in his yard, and he said he was so scared, and he wanted to go tell somebody. He said, but he thought in his little kid brain, he thought if I go wake anybody up, I'm gonna get in trouble. So he didn't wake anybody up. So he went back to bed. And he said, I can't remember how long it took me to go back to bed. He said, but I went back to bed. Um, he said, but that's that's it. He said, but it was scary. Yeah. He said, so so once he had that memory he went to like his oldest sister. I think he's one of the, there was a big group of kids that he was a part of. And I think they're mostly sisters. It may have been all sisters, but him. But anyway, after he had this come to him, he was trying to figure out like, was this real? Like, did this happen to me? So he went to visit his oldest sister and said, Hey, I was reading this book retells the story that he, that I just told you. And he said, does any of this sound you know, plausible? You know, any, you know, am I crazy? And the sister said, that's really strange. At one point when you were really little, like for three weeks, you went on and on about seeing a monster out your window. Wow. But none of us thought anything of it. We just thought you were imagining things and, and, we didn't, we didn't, you know, we didn't worry about it that much. And, and after, after so long, you just stopped talking about it. Wow. So evident- Evidently, he, at least when he was little, told his family, I saw a monster outside my window. And, and then after a while, he stopped talking about it. But it makes sense that he would have forgotten if he was three. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know what it takes to regain a memory after that long. But so that's his story. And the reason why that that makes George Natowski's story seem accurate is because that's what he described. And where this gentleman lived, he didn't live in Frametown. But that window that I told you about between Clay and Sutton, he lived in that window. Wow. So he lived on the river. Um, so, you know. That's you very
1: know. interesting. That's very interesting.
0: Now. Now, I I feel like that took a really long
1: time. (laughs) No, man, that was that was a cool. That was a very compelling
0: encounter.
1: Like that's really cool.
0: I I'm glad you liked it, but I also I got two more stories that I have to tell you. (laughs) Cool, man. So 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 the other one is uh, a story that was um, uh, described by Audra Harper. Uh, It was a lady that lived in the. heaters area of Braxton County um, which is probably 10 miles north of Flatwoods so again close in proximity now her story takes place before September 12th Um, I don't know how far before she didn't record it Um, she did record her story but she didn't record dates and times anything like that and I only got to see where she actually typed it up after she had passed away like after she passed away her family was going through all of her stuff and that's when they found these old, basically di- like journal entries. Wow. Um, so, so she had written like three pages of stuff that, and I don't know when she would have typed them up. Maybe sometime in the seventies or eighties, but it was like a, few, a handful of different stories that, um, that happened to her that were weird, and uh, but but the one that's flat was monster related. She talked about her and her friend were were so they lived where they lived was super, super rural to the point where the roads, like in certain parts of the year would get like impassable. Um, Like they would be too rutted and messed up. So her and her friend wanted to go to the store and you you could either go by the road and it take a lot longer or cut like straight through the woods. So that's what they did. And while they were walking through the woods at one point on this day, they see, um, like, up ahead um, on a hillside, they see a fire. And they assume that it's one of their neighbors, uh, you know, like, just set up camp or doing something. So they don't really think that much of the fire. But as they walk closer toward it, the fire turns into, like, a floating fireball. So at this point, they think, well, that's weird. That shouldn't happen. And then this fireball goes out. And in its place stands a 10 foot tall black figure. Now, the way she describes it, it seems very like ethereal, like it doesn't seem like flesh and bone. It seems more spiritual. Um, But but who knows? But this lady was also a very spiritual person. So maybe that had something to do with it. But anyway, so there's this figure and her and her friend are scared. So they start running. Well, this thing starts chasing them, basically. And um, and they're running as fast as they can. And this thing is like slowly catching up with them. Um, there's a still a decent amount of distance. Well, they, they get to this one fence in particular, go through this gate, open it, shut the gate behind them. And it's still catching up to them. So they keep running. But when they turn back, it never goes any farther than the fence. It stops at the fence, so they just run, 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 and get to where they're going to this store, and right beside that store, there's a bar. So they go into the bar and start asking people in there, like, "Hey, um, will somebody drive us home? Like, we're we're scared. We don't want to walk walk back through the woods, and nobody was like going that way or or whatever. So then finally, they were like, "Well, if we have to walk back, does somebody have a gun that we can borrow?" So like they were going to walk back and just have a gun. Well, they didn't end up having to do that. Somebody ended up giving them a ride. And according to this lady's granddaughter, she never walked that shortcut again. She was afraid the same thing would happen to her. So, wow. so that, but she, the reason why it's related is because of proximity and roughly the time and Audra herself later thought that it had something to do with the flatwoods monster but
1: (laughs) and she never put this she never put this story out because obviously this was found in a a private diary
0: wow man right it would tell she she would tell her family like friends and family but no it never got out it never got out at all uh but she wrote she her granddaughter was the one that found it and she and she brought it to me i knew her um we we worked um in like the same Air we, we didn't work for the same people, but we saw each other a lot. Yeah. Um, she brought that into me. And um and then finally, the last story that this lady told me is she came in here and so she I don't know if she still lives in the area. I don't think she does, but she was from this area. So this lady comes in and is walking around in here, and she's in here for maybe 15 minutes. And then finally she starts talking to me and she was like. I was looking around in here and I really only see like, like, like one story of the Flatwoods Monster. And I was like, yeah. yeah. And she was like, I thought this was going to be like, like all the stories of the Flatwoods Monster. And I was like, well, there aren't really any more. And she was like, oh, I didn't realize that. She said, I saw the Flatwoods Monster. So then I was like, what? When? So she starts telling me this story. So she thought this was a thing she had really looked into it. She just thought the Flatwoods monster was a thing people just saw around Flatwoods. And she didn't realize she was smart of a part of a very small group. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, so the story she told me, I, I'm going to try to remember it. Um, and like I said, this might be the first time it's ever been recorded. So I hope I get it right.
1: That's cool, man.
0: So, so that, she she said her boyfriend at the time, or maybe fiance, was working in the Flatwoods area. This would have been sometime in the 80s. He was up on a hilltop that had been cleared off, like there wasn't any more woods. It was just a hilltop. She said, but it was uh, they grew hay on it. And she said her what what her boyfriend's job was to to hoe it or to to, to scythe it, to cut it. Well. She didn't have anything to do that day, so she went up with him and was just sitting in his truck while he was cutting. <coughs> I mean, this is crazy. I mean, this is just the craziest story. So while he's cutting, she said, green smoke starts coming up out of the, out of the tall grass to the point where her, her, her boyfriend gets scared and runs away thinking that there's going to be a, like that there's a fire and the whole field on this hilltop is going to be up in flames and they might get caught in a fire. So he's like running away. Well, she said the, the green smoke starts to clear and there's this tall green figure about 10 feet tall, just standing in the standing there. So they see it and and get scared and get in their car, drive back down the hill. I think he's clearing it for like maybe his uncle or something, like clearing this field. Well, they go to him and is like, We just saw, we just saw something up up on the field, you know, this green thing that came out of this green smoke. And what this guy says to them is, oh, that was the Flatwoods monster. Sometimes he shows up out there. And the best thing to do is just leave. It's like, I don't wow. think he'll hurt you, but he shows up every so often and we just leave. Wow. So that that first story. And again, this took place in the 80s. So for all I know, there is a legitimate Flatwoods monster that is seen all the time. Yeah. By people that do not talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> so man. yeah I pretend- have no idea.
1: Potentially, there's a lot of people that have, <laughs> that have seen this that just don't.
0: Yeah. Because a lot of people don't talk
1: about paranormal experiences and stuff. So,
0: wow. Right. right. So, but again, like that's what this lady thought this was devoted to, was that thing that she saw. And she was like, it didn't really look. She was like, it looked kind of like, like she she even went around and was like, this kind of looks like what I saw. But if you change this, this, and this, and then she would point at something else and say, like, that's stupid. Like, that doesn't look anything like what I saw. Like, having very strong opinions yeah. about it, to where, like, she was very sure of herself, of her memory.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and uh, it, so that was that was fascinating. Um, Hi, but like back. I said, I don't even know her name. And she Does she did like she pull my leg. Yeah,
1: she just came in the museum one day and dropped a yep. bomb.
0: <laughs> yeah, have, have, haven't seen her since. This was probably maybe a year and a half ago when she came in, but wow. haven't seen her since. the The girl, there was a girl with her that that I recall looked vaguely familiar, like I've seen her before. I didn't know her, uh, but I'd seen her. Um, So, and I don't recall ever seeing her again either. I, wow. Who knows. It's weird. And I'll it's tell you interesting, thing. man. When you run a place like this, um it gets weird a lot as you might imagine. Yeah. I mean, it attracts it attracts mostly people just like me and you. You know, relatively normal, but in I say relatively. I'm not I'm not that. <laughs> but <laughs> but you know, relatively normal. Yeah. Interested. Um, you know, they think it's neat. They want to buy a t-shirt. They go home. Um, but but it does invite some some like really hardcore into it people and also like legitimately crazy people. I've I've <laughs> dealt with some legitimately crazy people. Yeah. Um luckily it's not very much. Um like there's one guy that comes in every so often, and the first time he came in, he told me that he had prehistoric evidence of Bigfoot. And he said he had it with him. Interesting. And I was like, how is it prehistoric evidence of Bigfoot? he said, I find these rocks. Or he said, I've got this rock. He hadn't used plural yet, because how often do you find prehistoric rocks? But anyway, he said, I've got this rock that was carved by Native Americans that show the likeness of Bigfoot. And he's like, I got it in my pocket. And I was like, oh, well, I've got to see this. Well, he gets it out and shows it to me. It, it, it couldn't be any more of just a rock. If it wanted to be, <laughs> I mean, it, was, it was just a rock. It was a rock as if, you know, like you ever go out on rural back roads that are just rock, you know, b- yeah. b- like busted up last week at a quarry rock and then dumped on the road. That's what it was. It was a chunk of rock. Yeah. And and boy, but he started showing it to me. He's like, you see, see here. These are the eyes. These are the nose. Yeah. And I'm telling this guy, he was very intense. He believed every word he said. And I thank God that he was maybe like five foot two. Like, I'm glad he's little and I'm glad he's <laughs> because if any part of my showed like, you are crazy, yeah, uh, I would be glad that he was like five foot tall and that I'm six foot tall. <laughs> you could <Because> take him. <laughs> I could, if I had to, I, I may, I don't know, maybe, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, but maybe I would have a shot, I would have yeah. a real good shot, yeah. Um, but uh, so anyway, so he leaves, and as you may or may not know. Two blocks up the street from us is the West Virginia Bigfoot Museum. Oh wow. Yeah. Like oh, wow, man. Literally two two blocks up the street. So uh they they got established a couple of years ago, and it's really cool too. So anyway, I get off the I get so that guy leaves, and I'm thinking, this guy showed me prehistoric evidence of Bigfoot. His next stop is gonna be them. So, so I call my contact over there and I'm like, hey, just so you know, I was talking to this guy. He was real squirrely. Um, he was like maybe five foot two. And he said he had evidence of prehistoric Bigfoot. He was like, oh, yeah, yeah, we know him. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I said, so I assume you don't have any of his rocks on display. And they said, no, we don't No, so <laughs> so mind? So he told me that he. He said he finds these rocks all the time and he said his house is full of them. (laughs) Like maybe he met, he either said hundreds of them or thousands of them. Oh man. Be picking up every rock, seeing Bigfoot and putting it on a shelf. Yeah. His house. And I hope to God, he is not a listener of yours. (laughs) (laughs) If you are, if you are
1: get in touch with us, we want to know more.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and and don't take it I said as an insult no no
1: no, <laughs> no It's interesting stuff
0: man I want I want to
1: get out there for sure I want to come to the museum that'd be awesome
0: yeah that is, I'd love that, to have that is something I'd love to do one day man maybe you know what maybe sometime if you have any interest maybe you should have me back just to tell you about all, all the people I've had to interact with yeah man yeah that, that guy's one of a pretty good of a pretty good handful. Yeah, for sure. We of, can do that. Of, of I've had to deal with. <laughs> I've got, I've got to ask you, I know, obviously
1: you, what do you think the flatwood monster is? I know if you had to put a label on it now, it's an alien. It's, you know, what, what would you, what would your, where are you now? I know it's That's a tough very, question.
0: It's tough because, um, because like you know, I like I know Freddie, Freddie, you know, Freddie saw it, um, and he can't tell you what it he can describe it, but he can't tell you what it was. He doesn't know what it was. Um, and he has his theories, but he, but if he was you know, if he's being honest, I mean he he is, but if you're talking to him, he would say, like, I don't know what it was. So in all honesty. I'm probably way too close to it and too mixed up in it um, to, to even have my own theory. The only thing that I know is that those kids and those witnesses saw something in the woods that night that at least as far as they're concerned should have been there and, and scared, you know, scared them half to death Um. But so what it was exactly? It it would only be a guess, and and I I've, I kind of hesitate to say this, but it's it's this is genuinely the way that I feel, and people can be mad at me if they want to. Um, But anybody who feels like they know exactly what the Flatwoods Monster is was, or I would even go out on a limb and say what anything is yeah, or was, sure. like yeah. with one hundred percent certainty, like. They are deluding themselves, um, because you know, especially something like the Flatwoods Monster. It was seen, as far as I'm concerned, once over seventy years ago, and and if even the people that saw it can't give you a real good idea as to what it was, nobody else can either. And uh, uh, something I like to tell people a lot too. Um, like people will reach out to me every so often and want me to like come to an event and speak on the Flatwoods monster. And sometimes I can, but in all honesty, most of the time I can't, uh, because I get asked so often and almost everything happens on a weekend. And, you know, I've got a family that I like to see. (laughs) So, you know, I don't do a lot. I do a lot of stuff like this. That's like remote. It's easy for me to do, but, you know, in person's kind of difficult but what folks will will impress upon me is that you know they want an expert. And what I always always try to impress upon everybody is there is no experts. There there are none.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, now there are people who have taken the time to read a bunch of books, to read a bunch of accounts, uh to maybe visit locations, um you know to do to do earnest research and 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 I applaud their efforts. Um you can only be an expert in, you know, data and 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 maybe just accumulating details. Um, but there are no experts. Everything that I know, if you were diligent enough on the internet for an hour, you could you could know every single thing that I know, or listen to this literally this podcast, <laughs> and you know virtually everything that I know. Um, like the, so. So I always try to impress upon people like, listen, if you need a speaker at your event, get up courage to talk in front of people and do two hours worth of research. And you are your expert. You're you're done. You don't have to hire anybody. Um, you know, you don't have to pay for somebody's hotel room and their lunch. Uh, you know, you you are. And I would say that goes that goes for every That goes for every single talking head on uh on the history channel i don't care how nice their suit is i don't care how weird their haircut is they aren't experts yeah
2: um
0: because they don't exist um so that that's another one of person that's a personal pet peeve of mine if you can't tell that's what you're
1: saying that with the paranormal there is there is no experts. We've all got our own opinions and we've our own experiences, but there's no real experts. There's no right or yeah. wrong.
0: Yeah. So you know, it's funny too. In a, a podcast of yours that I listened to, you talked about your own personal paranormal. The, am I re, am I remembering this right? That you said that you you thought that you saw somebody that looked like William Shakespeare. Yep.
1: Yep. When I was ten years that,
0: old. That is so. But what's funny is so so for as much as I am a skeptic in general, I don't doubt your story, you know, one bit, you know, if that's what you experience and that's what you're willing to stand behind, you know, I'm, I'm never going to call somebody a liar if they're willing to stand behind, you know, something like that. Um, But, uh, but at the same time, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to tell like how much of what we think we see is really us like almost asleep? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a like, possibility. Well, because I'll tell you and, and something else that happened. Boy, we've gone on for a long time. Are you sure this podcast isn't too long? No, this is cool.
1: <laughs> as long as you as long as you're okay to talk.
0: Cool. Okay. okay. So, um, when it comes to the parent, like when it comes to the weird things, the thing that I'm most skeptical of is is ghosts. Okay. And the reason why is. Um. So this will really stray really far away from the Flatwoods Monster. I was but, I was
1: I was going to ask you if you've had any paranormal experiences. <laughs> okay. Well,
0: okay. So my my answer is I don't think I have, but my stepdaughter thinks I have because she was there. Okay. <laughs> so, so I'll tell you that story. So, um. So the reason why I don't really believe I'll go into like why I don't really believe in ghosts is because, um, so, uh, so I'm I'm a Christian. And I have been for about ten years, and and the most real things that I've ever experienced that you, that you could call, you know, out of this world, is the 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 very real um, interactions that I feel like I've had in the presence of God. So, so because of that, that that has led me to more or less, I believe the the Bible front to back. So and I don't take pieces out of it or anything like that. So in my mind, when you unless someone can show me a part of the scripture that I've not seen, which is possible. I'm not a scholar. um, When you die, you 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 go to heaven or hell. You don't stick around. Yeah. Now, the thing that scares me, though, is if people are seeing things that seem ghostly or or spirit like. What, what scares me and worries me is that maybe what they're actually coming in contact with are, are demons. because to me it's possible yeah man Yeah. I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense. but again, that's coming completely from my faith and not from anything else. So so the reason why it worries me is because if people are dealing with the paranormal and dealing with ghosts in particular, I worry what they may be inviting into their own lives. Um, so, but this is what happened. So, and it was actually pretty, it was interesting. It was, it was, it was interesting. So uh, we were doing this ghost hunt in this building in town and there were maybe 15 people there. And, but there were all these, like, everybody's kind of grouping up into these little groups. And it was, it's a three-story building. It's pretty big. So people were like spread out and there was this younger guy there, probably either in his teens or early twenties. Um, I didn't never met him before this night. Uh, evidently, there are these things, and you you might be familiar with them. There are these things that have something to do with some gaming system that can like um, that. While you're playing, there's some sort of f- camera or feature or something that you have pointed at yourself. So as you move, it tracks you. Yeah. Well, evidently, people have taken these things and used them to try to find ghosts. Yeah. <clears throat> So like most of the time when they're pointing them around in a room or whatever, it makes these like amorphous blobs that don't look like anything. <clears throat> and then every so often you'll see a person, right? So you're shaking your head. That makes, that tells me you're very familiar with yeah. that. So, it's, like, it's like a
1: stick man sort of thing.
0: is it? Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. So this kid was standing in this doorway and he had this contraption. He was walking around with it, with a tablet showing him this picture. So he's pointing it in this room and it's at night. So it's fairly dark. And he said in the corner, he said in the corner over there, there's a ghost sitting down. And I looked at the, 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 you know, the shape. I mean, yeah, it kind of looked like a stick man sitting down. Well, the whole time while I was there, I was kind of being a little bit of a troll. So I thought, I thought I said, oh yeah, there's a ghost over there in that corner. And he said, he said, I, I think there might be. And I said, what do you think would happen if I went over there and stood in that corner? And the guy said, I don't know. So I said, I'm going to. You tell me what happens. So he's standing there holding this. And my stepdaughter is right behind him. At the t- She's 18 now. She was probably 15 or 16 at the time. So she's standing back there and watching. They said that they can see me walk into that corner, stand there. And that as soon as I get to the corner, that shape like bounces like up, up into the ceiling and then back at me. Wow. And, and they said, as soon as it bounced back at me, I had this reaction. Now I wasn't watching them. Like I didn't know what was going on.
1: Yeah. But
0: I kind of felt like, um, not that I got shocked, but it was kind of like the feeling of like a nine volt battery on your tongue, but over my whole body. Wow, and I and I yelled, I, I yelled a cuss word. Um, yeah. I'm trying to, remember it was that I said? Is your is your um, is your podcast? Yeah, you can it? swear,
1: man. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> <trying to>
0: make, <laughs> oh, I remember I, as soon as it as soon as that happened, like I jumped and I yelled, "Fuck a duck," <laughs> <laughs> and then ran, bolted. I bolted out of that room. Yeah. And at the same time, you know, they see this happen. And they were like, they were like, a ghost just touched you. A ghost just touched you. And I was like, nah, nah, nah. So, you know, to this day, I'm still like, I don't know.
1: That's interesting, man.
0: Yeah. But I did, I legitimately felt something enough that it scared me. And part of me thinks like, well, I just got into my own head, you know, got freaked out. But then another part of me says, well, then how come that corresponds with a thing that two people were watching yeah yeah and if oh, that so,
1: if that jumped at you at the time that you felt the shock
0: yeah that i mean that is
1: how can you explain that
0: yeah so i i and i can't i can't really and what's funny is it frustrates my stepdaughter Haley to no end because yeah. she's like i you can't believe in ghosts one shocked you and yeah. i was like but did it though I mean, I did it. Maybe I don't think it did. she was like, I watched it. I watched it happen. And uh, so, so that frustrates her to no end, but there's, there's, (laughs) uh, you know, but I, I I don't know that that's the funny thing. So the more I'm into this stuff, the more I, the more that I learn and the more that I experience, but it's weird to say the less that I believe okay like like i don't know it's like i'm so um torn yeah uh, that it makes like i don't really uh, you know so I, I don't know i think, so I'm I, not think really... I
1: think it's good to be skeptical to sort of not always jump to the paranormal which is something i do quite a lot i've got to be honest yeah. i'm always <laughs> like yeah that bang that was a ghost you know i am like that i can't help it but <laughs> I know that you shouldn't be like that. You should say, no, it's probably, it could be the wind, you know, it could be, you know, it could be anything, you know, it doesn't always have to be paranormal. So I think that's a good thing to be, you know, uh, skeptical, open-minded, skeptical.
0: Yeah. It could be, be, um, you know, that maybe I did have a bad paranormal encounter and maybe my brain, just shut that out. Yeah. Just, just, Just pretend that that never happened. And that it that you have an you know so yeah, yeah because as I because I almost don't trust myself because there was one time when when I could have it took me months to finally come to the realization that I'm pretty sure I did not see a UFO, but like I want to see a UFO. I look for UFOs all the time. Yeah, man. Driving if the if the sky is nice and clear, you know I'm outside. I'm looking for UFOs always well since one time i thought that i found a ufo i thought that i saw a ufo but then the more and more like i said it took me about a month but i think i've come to the conclusion that i just saw a conventional aircraft that was far enough away that it became featureless and that it was going in just the right direction that i thought it was standing still but I've watched enough to where now, but it didn't have a contrail after it. So well, was it, now I tried during, during the
1: day as well.
0: This was like at six p.m. But the reason why I could see it is because the the the, I, the the sun was hitting it and it was real bright. Yeah. But I'm most positive it was only because the sun was hitting it and it was reflecting. Um, because now I, I do a lot of like I said, I look up at the sky a lot and I'll see planes and if they have like a contrail after them, all of a sudden they look more like they're moving, but I'll really pay attention and look. And I'll think if that trail wasn't behind it, showing a trajectory and not seeing anything else around it, what I think that that plane was even moving. And I'll think, no, it, it, from my perspective, it looks like it's not moving. Yeah. Or moving so little that I can't tell the difference. Um, but, but it's like, you need that trail to give it momentum and trajectory. And in this thing that I saw did not have one. Um, But, you know, so like, so like, so it's kind of the opposite where like, I want to see a UFO so bad that I'm pretty sure I've made myself see one. Um. Yeah. So, you know, uh, there's the, so there's that too. Like, like, so, so that comes back to like, you asked me like, what do I think the Flatwoods monster is? Or like, where do I stand on any of these things? Um, I feel like we are so fallible that boy, it'd be hard for me to place my bet on anything. Yeah. You know, if, if it came down to to just going off of what somebody thought they saw or what they thought they felt or thought they experienced. Um, cause even like how I told you before, movements that I felt in my faith have been the most real things I've ever felt that feel otherworldly. Yeah. But, but I still would not expect anybody to rest their faith on my experience, you know, because yeah. it was my experience, but so that's where my faith lies. And, and um, so as powerful as I feel like these moments that I've had in my life felt, I would never in a million years think they should be powerful to anybody but me. Um, so, uh, so I guess that's kind of where I land on most of this stuff is, um, is, is where even when, when I can't even take myself at face value, it's really hard to take anybody else at face value. Yeah, no, for
1: sure. It's hard because it's like anything until you've seen something that, you know, concrete yourself, it's hard. It's hard to, to put your faith in it. So I totally understand.
0: But it's, so, uh, if if you don't mind me asking, yep. this Shakespeare figure that you saw, and I, I know oh. that mostly, you know that in most podcasts where someone's interviewing somebody else, the interviewer probably doesn't want to talk about themselves. Yeah, no, no, that, no, that's cool, man. But I'm curious, what do you think it was?
1: Well, it wasn't Shakespeare, I don't think. I mean, it could have, <laughs> it could have been, but it, have ju- been, yeah. it just had that look, you know. Just <laughs> he seemed to be from that era. Whoever this guy was. Right. Um, but it was it was a solid man. It was it was it wasn't see for anything like that. It was just as if a man was sitting there. Yeah. And the only reason why I don't think I was dreaming or anything like that is because the experience lasted so long for me. It wasn't like I woke up, it was there for a few seconds and it was gone. It right. was there for quite a quite a while. It was there for a while. I'd called my mum in the room because I was terrified. Um, And I'm going, look, there's a man in the room. Like, obviously, I'm freaking out. Um, So
0: so mom was present. You could still see it.
1: Yeah. He didn't go anywhere. My mom went over to the, because it was, a. I was in a bunk bed and it was a desk, sort of the other side of the room. Yeah. And my mom has gone over to the area and she's she's saying there's nothing there. There's nothing there. Now, when I was little, I was quite a bad sleeper. So I used to get up a lot and try and get into my mom and dad's room. So I think yeah. they just had enough of that, and they just thought, I think my yeah. mum thought I was probably just trying to do that. Yeah. And yeah. she was like, no, you're staying in your bed, and and that was it. And I, I was I was terrified. And I can't yeah. believe to this day that I stayed in the room. Yeah. I still say to my mum, like, you're out of order. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I just remember going under the covers, sweating, and, and just yeah. being terrified. And I, I looked a few times, he's still there. Um, yeah, it was really, it was a freaky, very, it stayed in me, obviously. And, Uh, um, yeah. So, I mean, I think for me, I, I, for me, that, that was it. That ghosts are real (laughs) after seeing that. And I see other things in that house as well. Um, I saw uh, a naked lady walk past.
0: Yeah. I I, I remember hearing you talk about that, which, which was really
1: weird as well. Like that was another solid, i only saw that sort of in the corner of my eye but it was still yeah. a solid figure right um so i, I mean yeah it's, it's still but i don't i'm open to it could be i don't know what it is i don't know but in my, if you had to ask me now i'd yeah. say it was a ghost
0: so now whenever you say ghost, the are you meaning like like the ghost of a person that once lived on on earth i mean is that
1: See, this is, I don't know. Are you seeing just an energy that's still there or are you sure. seeing, are you seeing, cause this, this, when I saw this guy, he didn't move, Like he didn't blink, Like he just stayed as he was the whole time. Wow. So am I, am I just seeing a moment in time? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is that it was solid, you know, and it was, it was there to me at that night, you know, <laughs> that's all
0: I know. But, um, have you, do you draw or anything?
1: Um, I found a picture that was quite similar to how it looked. I did post it on Instagram right at the start of doing this show.
0: I have to go but, find that. Yeah. Yes.
1: Right. It'll be right at the bottom of the Instagram. But, okay. um, that was the closest. I should try and draw it, actually, to be honest. Yeah. You're right. I should try and, because obviously that, that wasn't the desk that he was at and stuff. But,
0: sure. Yeah. yeah it, was, it
1: was just a very, it was, A terrifying moment, but it sort of kicked off my
0: (laughs) yeah. My sort of. Since you brought up Instagram, would you care if I if I plug some things? Yeah, of course.
1: Yeah, no, hundred percent. Plug away, brother.
0: Plug away. (laughs) So, if people are interested in the the Flatwoods Monster and the Flatwoods Monster Museum, follow us on Instagram at Flatwoods Monster, uh, Twitter at Monster Museum. Uh, Facebook at Flatwoods monster Museum and on YouTube at Flatwoods monster museum so it's pretty easy <laughs> <I hope so. laughs> all those are almost all at Flatwoods monster Museum uh so please follow us on all that stuff on YouTube um you and your your audience might be interested in this on our on our YouTube um, um channel um I have a short documentary that I fit, that I, I started making before COVID and then I finished during COVID cause I didn't have anything else to do. And, uh, it's a short documentary. It's 22 minutes long. It's about the, you know, how I was telling you how I find the most interesting stuff, these little, these little sort of side stories. Yeah. So this, this is the, the history, um, the, the, it's a short documentary. That's like the, the history and the creation of the first novelty item made in the likeness of the flatwoods monster it's the Five monster Lantern. So if you find our YouTube channel, you'll find it's called The Lantern. It's short. Um awesome. there's even a couple there's even a couple commentaries on there. I recorded one, a friend of mine who did the narration for the short, he recorded one. Um I've been trying to get other people to record co- um commentaries as well so that I can add those and and put them up. So I you have an open invitation if you want to do one. Yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> yeah for sure but uh, there's a and there's there's some guys um some other podcasters i kept trying to get to do it cuz they're a bunch of goofballs and i thought that they'd be funny and cut up so are are you familiar um do you do you know the moth boys uh
1: i'm not too sure no i don't think so okay. i'll check they're, them out
0: they they're podcasters based out of west virginia some of them still live in west virginia and some uh, some lived in in new york state but anyway okay trying to get them to record one but they they have they haven't gotten around to doing it yet <laughs> anyhow
1: um, i'll do one you have, for you man for sure that,
0: that'd be awesome and man, I'll, i'd I'll, love to if, if you do that and send it to me i'll uh i'll edit it up and and put it on there and you know have it links to your podcast and stuff
1: awesome um, man
0: and uh what what else what else um come visit us sometime we're located in downtown sutton in west virginia i definitely am we're open seven days a week. Um, we're only closed on like major holidays. Uh, we try not to be closed very often. There is the the West Virginia Bigfoot Museum just down the street, like I mentioned before. However, they're not open seven days a week. So if somebody wants to come and visit and they want to hit them both, uh, plan accordingly. Uh, they're usually open Wednesday to Saturday. So just a heads up there. But it's very worth checking out if you're in the area. Um, let's see. That's probably about it.
1: (laughs) Awesome, man. I will share all your links. I'll put it on all my social media as well and on the show description so people can find you easily. Andrew, this has been absolutely awesome, man. Thank you so much.
0: Same for me. I really enjoyed being on. Thanks for asking me again.
1: It's been an honor having you on, sir. Thank you very much, man. Thank you well that's the show guys I really hope you enjoyed it if you did enjoy it please share it share it where you can share it on your social media tell your friends tell your family tell everybody about Let's Get Freaky Podcast and if you're feeling extra generous another great way to support the show is by giving us a five star review wherever you can wherever you listen to your podcast that really does help us it gets us out there to more people that enjoy the freaky conversations like you and me and if you've had any paranormal experiences we want to hear them and we'd love to have you as a guest. If you'd be willing to share them, just email us at let's get freaky podcast at outlook.com. That's let's get freaky podcast at outlook.com. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and more at TC. Let's get freaky podcast. Guys, thank you so much. We'll be back very soon for more freaky conversations. In the meantime, stay safe and remember, keep it freaky.
0: looking out into the darkness, and then you see a figure, but it's darker than the darkness. I just get this like really creepy feeling, and I see this, uh, this like shadowy, demon-looking figure in the
1: front seat of the car. She used to come into my room at night and stand right by my bed, and I just was petrified. I remember I saw something fly by my bedroom window. We heard the bathroom door shut. So then we looked out my bedroom window down the hallway and the bathroom door was wide open.
0: So we came around the bend and we saw I shine. This thing stood up. I mean, it stood up and it had high pointed ears. It had a snout, it had a long arm. and It just, it grabbed the deer.